Welcome to episode 729 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 729 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. I'd like to congratulate you as we open today's show. Um, my microphone is perfectly placed. It's taken 729 shows, but I sat down, didn't have to touch a thing, and we are good to go. Yep, I'm not going to move it for the rest of my life. That's when you come around to my house for a party, that microphone's yeah. going to be exactly there. Brilliant. I'm very proud of that moment because it's not often you congratulate me. <laughs> that might actually be, I congratulate you on congratulating me for the first time ever. Great. Oh, it's a win-win team. I'm talking is proudly brought to you by Generation You Can. Sports nutrition that gives you long-lasting energy without the spike and crash of sugar. And our patrons. And John, you can go first. Bevan's just selecting which ones he they're wants actually, to do. Yeah, you go first. Uh, Matt Lion Brown Charlton. We've got George Mr. Madman Gray. Andrew, the Glasgow Kiss Castaldi. And then David, No Need Christie. What's that? Is that his nickname? That is his nickname. No Need Christie. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew why we made that one up. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got an interview, John. We are talking to Jeff Krebs. Uh, he is a medical doctor. Also gone over and done Kona a couple of times. Uh, and he's currently... In the trenches um, with COVID-19 and also uh, talks through how he uses Generation UCAN and the challenges he's faced um, from a nutritional point of view. I think at this moment in my life, John, it is very bizarre. It's like, you know, sometimes when you're swimming and someone's got really strong perfume on? Yes. And you swim and and it sits above it. It really does. Right now, I don't know what I've done, but it's like I've, I've eaten perfume. Have you got a strong perfume on? I have not. I've, I, I, have have. Been, I have been swimming those mornings. So maybe maybe, maybe that's what happened. You brought the perfume in and there you go. Questions and answers. Winger a week at the end. We've also got a website of the week as well. John, the big news, and this is, this is big news, although no surprise, but the 2020 versions of the World Championship Ironman and the 70.3 have been cancelled for next year. Yeah, so no surprise, as Bevan said, with regards to Kona. It was going to be held in February. It was still, I guess, we were still hanging on hope, but... Uh, yeah, not a lot of hope, but I think the interesting thing out of this for, for Kiwis and for those looking to do 70.3 world champs, so they've cancelled uh, Taupo or Topo, yep. and um, they're not going to be having it next year, and they're looking to actually try to hold it in 2022, 2022 yeah. if they can. So I think that's a sensible thing to do. Next year will be in St. George, and I guess that the, the backstop they've got there is if this COVID stuff is still all going on, um, they'll you would think they might still at least have a race and it might be a world champs that's kind of more an American champs. Um, so maybe the race goes ahead, but not a lot of international competitors. Hard to know. So no Kona in February. So it's the first time uh, ever. since ever that they um, haven't had a world champs. So we have to wait around till October next year. So they have announced that there will be a world championship next year at traditional date. So we'll be on at nine of October in 2021 uh, and then the September 17th will be at 18th because it's a male and female race for the 7.3 world champs will be held then so there will be in Utah and yeah as John's saying it is good because Tapo will still get the love ideally in 2022 yeah uh, I think the other interesting factor or interesting part of this is going, how is qualifying going to work because you have already got quite a few athletes that qualified for this October 
who will then get it rolled over to next October, which means there's going to be less slots in the pool. It really depends on when we can be racing again, doesn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, um, let's say there's no racing until October time. You've still got the, from last year, that sort of October to March period where athletes will have qualified. So let's say there's already... I don't know, let's say, I guess maybe there's 500 athletes qualified already, so there's 500 additional slots you're going to have to find somehow uh, to to make it happen. So not quite sure how that's going to work, but we will wait and see. Okay, so here's the next question. At what stage, what, how late can they cancel 2021? Oh, Bevan, I'm not even going there. Well, I said that last week and look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally said... When July next year. You think, no, it'd have to be earlier than that. I'm saying July. I reckon. I reckon it's guarantee it's going ahead. Oh, that's a big call in today's world, John. Yeah. It's, it's happening. It's happening. You, you might not be able to travel there, but it's happening. And again, then it'll just get no piled. No travel there. It ain't happening. Well, all well, Americans will be able to travel, um, so it's happening. Yeah. You heard it here first. It's official. 2021 20, is happening. If you can get there, it's happening. Okay. There you go. Kiwis, don't hold your breath. But, but uh, realistically, if they were to cancel, it's probably going to have to be six months before it, isn't it? Why? Just logistics. Yeah. Because if you're going to commit, you got there's a lot of money to commit July, to this race. July, it's happening. <laughs> you ask a question, you got an answer. <laughs> Based on crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Okay. The other race we talked about last week that was still going ahead has now been cancelled well. Well, has it or hasn't it? So it has kind of been cancelled. So Embra Man, which I cursed last weekend saying, right, we've got to return to racing and uh, it's all guns blazing. And we're, so you we're cursed off. that race. You've cursed 2021. 2021's <laughs> happening. Uh, so Embra Man, they're, they're, they're fighting it. And I think we're going to see more of this where race organisers... Where's Embra Man? Where is it from? It's in France. Yep. The race organisers are doing everything they can. They've got all their procedures in place. Uh, and they say, this is happening, this is happening. And there's a lot of bravado. And then the authorities say, no, it's not happening. And that's basically what's happened here is uh, they were good to go and they had everything in place. They felt like they were following the rules. Um, but from what I can understand and my reading, my, my speaking and listening of French is passable my reading of french is pretty uh mediocre and so arno uh posted or sent me a message saying it has been the, the local authorities aren't allowing it to go ahead but now it's in the courts and the organizers are trying to fight that ruling so most hope is lost but there is still some hope that they might get a race uh, but it was due it's due to be racing in um sort of early mid-august so there's Couple of weeks to go, but not looking very promising from Ember Man, unfortunately. With that, John, it, it, it's interesting. Like, like in Australia, the rugby league went ahead, but that's mm. a big sport with a lot of money. Mm. Small race organisers aren't going to be able to fight authorities. Who knows? Yeah, uh, France is a funny old, funny old place when it comes to uh, politics. So I would say very unlikely to happen, but uh, never say never. There is other racing going on that we'll go into in a moment. Okay, John, uh, we did have another Ironman virtual race happening over the weekend. Good old Laura Siddell took it out. She did indeed. Domination too, yeah. seven minutes. Yeah, so there was no, last week they had a swim leg, this week they didn't. Uh, so they did have a short run and then they did a uh, 90 kilometre bike ride. So she crushed it. So we are seeing in the last couple of weeks um, a lot of different names starting to pop up that we have maybe not necessarily super familiar with. We are familiar with Laura Siddell, uh, took it out in two hours 40, seven minutes ahead of Catherine uh, Grootman. 
Whitman from Deutschland and Kelsey Wilthrow, who you heard on the show a few weeks ago, uh, was in third place. On the men's side, Ronnie Sheldonak from Switzerland took it out 228, uh, five minutes in front of uh, Mark Dulson, and then Chris Schroeder was in third place. Pretty decent run time there by Ronnie Sheldonak, 15.28 for, I assume that was 5K, so pretty solid. It's pretty solid, all right. Mm. Uh, we had some age groups as well. Now, you're saying the, the Filipino guy who won it a couple of weeks ago, basically, seems like he got things wrong. Won it again this week. Again, been pulled off the list. Yeah, so I check on Monday morning New Zealand time, which is pretty much when it, it automatically finishes uh, the in, in terms of submitting all your information, and then they must spend Monday US time just doing a bit of validation. And so this time he, he has disappeared again because it's Tuesday morning for us, um, but I did quickly note his times just for the comedy factor of it. Um, he And if, it, if, if this carries on, I'm going to have to name and shame him. I don't want to be nasty because it may be unintentional because you know let this is all done but how many right? times can you make the same mistake well, John? yeah but this is it's, it's all in english and he, when you're from okay. a different country i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt okay. but if it yeah. carries on i'm sure they must be uh, i hope <laughs> they're one emailing more chance. him one more chance three strikes and you're out uh he swam, he, he went ran 15 25 for the 5k that's pretty impressive faster than ronnie shieldnick especially yep. in the heat of the philippines wrote a 147 yeah, for the 90 kilometers <laughs> it's pretty smoking and 147 compared to ronnie shieldnick's uh two hours and 13 shieldnick needs to sharpen up <laughs> he does it, it, what a letdown it has been he might have won what switzerland about 10 yep, times yep, but still you, uh, mate when you get beaten by a good an old age grouper an age grouper by nearly 30 minutes sharpen up mate just a, and then he, he bounced back uh after that uh appalling one hour 47 bike ride with a 106 half marathon. Do you know what I do? I'd love it if it turns out Ironman got this wrong and this guy was actually like an absolute <laughs> world champion. Just like, oh no, it turns out he's, he's actually quite accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty impressive if he was. So onto the real results. Uh, Nick Kulsman took it out again in three hours 55 for a three minute victory. Uh, and then on the females It was side, Gemma Carter-Collins from Great Britain and she did a 420, uh, sorry, 439. And she ended up winning by about seven minutes over Tanya Hutton from... The US of A. And we had Alexandra Borina from Russia in third in 4.51. So let's uh, let's pick an age you, you pick an age group, I'll pick an age group. Okay, I'm going to go male, 35 to, oh, Nick Kosman took it out. And then I'm going to say Shinu Yamamoto from Japan. And then Adam Bryce from Australia. And then the females, we had... What age group are you talking there? 35 to 39. Nice. Uh, Monica, I'm going to say Naso... Lover from somewhere. Uh, I really picked the right, picked the three hardest names. Yeah, did a crack. Slavina uh, Konovina from Russia and Maho Kimura from Japan. There you go. Okay, you look at those names. Yeah, yeah, that is go. tricky. I've got an easier age group. They're 40 to 44. Jimmy Carter Collins from Great Britain uh, went 439 to take that out in front of Tanya Lentz uh, in 451. So nearly a dojo domination. A pretty big victory there. And another 14 minutes back to Tatiana Oliveira from Brazil. And if we look at the, the boys' side of things in the 40 to 44, Derek Nugget, you did choose a crap age group. Yeah. I've got easy ones. <laughs> Derek Nugget from Ireland took that out. 403 in front of Jason Leek and Mark Oliver Demure from France. And Derek Nugget, his splits for a 403 were 
he ran a 1701 for his first uh, 5k that's pretty solid rode 23036 on the bike I don't actually know which course they rode on uh, and then banged out another 11611 those are Decent run split, 17 flat and then a 116 off the bike uh, is decent and then a two hour 30 bike split. Okay, I'll do one more. I'll go uh, 55 to 59 in the men's. Uh, George Buffington from the US took it out in the 428. Uh, Brian Pert from Australia and then Jeff Melrose, Melrose from the US. Uh, And then the female, we got Christine Plant from Canada. We had Ginger Shroomer from the US and then... I've got a Japanese one here, John, but it's in Japanese writing. So let's see if I can do the Apple thing here. Uh-huh. So select. Oh no, it's just saying it's just say it's saying it's an ideographic. Right. <laughs> just, so yeah. I'm going to look at the oldest age group, which is 70 to 74, and we had. This is a crushing victory. We had two finishers, Ricardo Gonzalez from uh, the States. He went five hours 46, 28. That's pretty solid for us in the 70 to 74 age group. Uh-huh. He he won by over two and a half hours. Oh, that's, that's dojo domination. Over Larry Nuska from also from the US. Great finishing when you're 70 plus. That is pretty good finishing. Okay. Uh, what else happened, John? We've got a few events that are actually happening in the world. Yes, yeah, so we had an Ertler um, happen in Switzerland. So that was good to good to see. It looks like amazing scenery. I'm, I'm not really... These sort of swim run events don't really excite me, but the scenery of this one just looks outstanding. Uh, so there's a little article on uh, slowtwitch.com. Looks brilliant. So good to see that happening. Uh, I also did notice that there was some racing in Poland. I saw a race uh, in Austria. I think this was the weekend before last. Um, the Swede, not the Swedes, the Norwegian fellas uh, were, were amongst that. And I think they did like a handicap type start. Nice. So Blumenfeld, I think, took it out. He also did a 10K running race around a track. Uh, went 29.30. I think. Jeez, um, well, I think he was on target. I think he went out in 14 something. I, th- I didn't actually watch the whole clip uh, but he yeah 29 30 still not not shabby but i think he was targeting a lot quicker so if you do want to follow a few other people it'd be cool on, to go into 30 minutes for 10k but wouldn't yeah it? you want to follow a couple more people on youtube um blumenfeld is doing a bit there and those guys are beasts man those norwegians so you could follow him and i noticed joe skipper's really getting in on the getting in on the game now and, and doing quite a few posts uh so he's always entertaining as well uh, just saw. Some oh, and we also had the JD duathlon series in Christchurch. Oh, what happened there? And I'm going to say, out of all those other races, it should just be the the, the J. Oh, we got, it's historical, Bevan. I oh, know, but the, where's the, D gone? The He's over going hanging out in Hawaii on the beach, sitting down at Lava Java, putting his feet up. Sharp it up, bro. Um, but I'd say. The, bit, the difference with our racing down here is we didn't have to have the masks or anything like that. So really all the race. other events that I looked at, you know, there was masks all over the place. Not, um, not racing, not the athletes. No, but on the podium and things like that, they yeah. all had masks on. So we had, and, and we opened up, I think it's Who the first it time, uh, we had a young fella, Jack Staples, took it out. We actually had some really good quality um, males racing, uh, and it was good, good close racing. And then, what was I going to say? Uh, completely lost it now, Bevan. It was at a racetrack, around a sort of car wow. racetrack, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And there was something else I was going to mention, but it was completely gone. Okay, this time last year we did have a couple of races on because we didn't have a bloody virus taking over the world. And Ironman Lake Placid. Now, was that one of the ones where it was only males? It was male, yes. male yep. only. Male only. And Matt Russell took it out in a 8.27.57. Then Joe Gambles came in second in a 8.33. And then Mark Jewelson, 
to an 8.37. So, so he was uh, he was doing the Ironman virtual reality this weekend. So um, the one the difference with this race was uh, often you see Matt Russell sort of coming through on the run and he just mows people down. Uh, this time he rode a 4.27. The next fastest bike ride by the look of it was 4.35. So absolutely tore it up on the bikes. So Matt Russell this time last year was still going strong. Um, we also had Ironman Canada, which was in Whistler last year, uh, and Heather Wirtle took it out in 9.20. She is pretty slow nowadays, isn't it? Mm, Whistler's a tough course. Yeah, obviously, but you know, like you, back in the day, you'd win it, most females would win a race around 9.10 to 9.20, wouldn't they? Mm. Whereas nowadays, you see a 9.20, you think it's a slow race. Uh, Jen Arnett took, a, took second place in a 9.27, and then... Uh, Custody Withrow, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, 9.38. And that was the last ever uh, Ironman in Whistler. So they're meant to be going back to... Meant to be going back to Penticton. Mm, good times, rock and roll. Uh, uh, the other piece of news that we had over the last weekend was that Challenge Wanaka has moved their course. And I, got, I John's got here, <coughs> Challenge Wanaka has moved their, uh, their course and showing how not to do PR. <laughs> uh, and it was bizarre because they sent out a PR release saying the course has moved and it just did not make sense to me. Like, it made sense where the course is going, but I was like, why would they be doing this? Oh, it made perfect sense to me. It's just their delivery was really poor, and this is it was like well, it an made Iron perfect Man sense era. if you think about saving money. Yeah, and that's the but the, but they didn't really put that in there. No, that, it was it was marketed as exo- we've got some exciting news for you. Yeah. And what got me really fired up is it's not exciting. I understand why you're doing it, but don't try to tell me something's exciting when it's not. Yeah. and and I haven't really. See, I've seen a few people excited about aspects of it, but then they had to come out the next day or the day after and say, look, we know um, a lot of people are disappointed by this and this is the reasons we're doing it. And I was like, why you, did you not do that in the first place? Yeah. Because so so what, it. Just be up front and say, look, it's, it's a tough time. We need to make some changes to make sure this race is viable for the long term. Mm. And here's what we're going to I'm sure you understand and support us. Yeah. And everyone's going to jump on board then, aren't they? Exactly. And now people are really annoyed about it. So what they've done is uh, the Wanaka race is held in Wanaka, which is a small little town. But it's right. that It's in the heart of the little village. So when you finish the race, you're running past all the pubs and the bars. And people are hanging out there. And it's a really, really great cool. Great atmosphere. Great atmosphere. Um, but, the, but it's costly because there's a lot of road closure, um, a lot of traffic management, um, marketing etc and that stuff is really really expensive for an event that's not it's not an Ironman type thousands of people racing no. um, it's you know probably maybe 2,000 at most including all the team members yep. but in the half I think there's only five or six hundred something like that uh, so they moved the swim the swim's going to be great it's a, a moved it further around the lake and the swim will be lovely so it's at Glendale Bay is it yeah and okay. the, the run is going to be really interesting as well it's going to be within sort of a mountain bike park so I think that is Interesting. I don't know if it's exciting, but it's going to be so really interesting. So the mountain bike park is where? Uh, Bay. Okay, uh, but every year I don't know where the mountain bike park is. Okay, well, you, you'll, it's exciting for you. You'll find out. <laughs> however, I should open my eyes. However, what got really... Well, is it, but is it the trail that's going back into... No, there's the whole mountain bike park. Check it out next time you're down there. Anyway, uh, what maybe, got people... Maybe it's new. It is. What people got riled up about is it's going to be a five-lap bike course and a half Ironman, uh, mm. and that's not going to go well. Um, Especially for drafting. It's still going to be beautiful scenery, but Wanaka sold it, always sold itself, rightly, as just the stunning bike course where you do a bit of a tour of the whole area, and it, and it was great. And it's still going to be a beautiful area. It's still going to be a good race, but the bike, five laps, 
it's going to be a bit of a challenge, I think. So I think more than anything, um, they've got to survive, and they should have just said that in the first place, and uh, and then people would have gotten behind a supporter. They got slammed on social media. Really? Everybody was just going, this is terrible. For so long I've come down supporting this event. I'm not coming down this year. And they should have just taken the honest angle of saying we've got it. And then they came out with it, and then people were a bit more supportive, saying, oh, okay, I understand. Because they're going to take a big financial hit this year. There's going to be less participants. There's going to be no internationals um so yeah, i totally understand and support what they're doing just the delivery was was poor yeah hopefully it works because so if you're, if you're i wonder if the plan is just do this for a couple of years and get back to because it is going to be a different kind of experience because it is going to be a bit more mm. of a, a small fuel race and because mm. you know will it go through town at all no no not at all so what's the bike course just triple cone and back for overseas listeners sorry this doesn't mean any sense no, no, to no, you, but, but okay uh yeah oh so you're just going up and down that road are you yeah Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so they should anyway, have done so you man up, ran up Mount Roy. They could have done that. Yep, yeah, could have done that. Yeah. So if you are a race organizer or involved in the stuff, honesty and being upfront is yeah, generally the best strategy. Because one of the challenge, you know what? The challenge people are great. Yeah, and, and you know they come from the right place. You know, they've some competition in the sport's been really healthy for the sport. They always come from the place of what's good for the sport and the people and all the rest of it. Sure, they need to make money. Um, they've dropped the ball a little bit here, but don't be too hard on them. Mm. Because these things happen, but it would be good. Yeah, mm. you want this race to survive. That's the thing. Totally, and everybody gets that. But yeah. just delivery. Okay, good lesson there from John Newsom about PR. If you need to PR, go see Newsom's PR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last week's discussion, guys. We were kind of asking you what's the next big thing. Uh, we're talking about back in the day, just doing an Ironman was the big thing. Nowadays, you've got many of different versions of things that you can do like well, especially just the big challenges you know like uh, Everesting. Everesting um, and just doing sort of crazy stuff uh, so I was just keen to know what Everesting has almost become not normal but you know everybody thinks oh I can do that now uh, so what's the next big thing Julian Schwartz said post-COVID extreme triathlons it's Ironman on steroids a few options include uh, Canada Man Patagonia Man Swiss Man Himalayan Man and the granddaddy of them all Norse Man they're popping up all over the world suffer surrounded by amazing vistas I totally agree with you Julian in terms of they are popping up all yes. over the world they're bloody everywhere uh, we've got Michael Kennedy, he's got in Melbourne, we are currently still in lockdown, yeah poor Melbourne's taking a step back, the poor buggers, uh, and have to stay within our postcode, having done a few Ironman, my biggest challenge now is staying motivated to do something every day, fingers crossed that things will ease up and we can see people again, I dream now of getting back into the pool. Scott Horn says, I'm coaching more and more ultra runners. Some of my long-time Ironman athletes are now going for the 100-mile ultras next year. Uh, these have been races that have actually gone on this year. Yeah, it is, the ultra has become a big thing, hasn't it? Totally. You know, like back in, back, let's think, 10 years ago, it was pretty niche. Mm. You know, it was pretty niche. Whereas nowadays, ultra running is becoming a pretty big sport. Mm-hmm. Tom Bland's got here, learning to be at peace. Young grasshopper, or learn to be at peace, young grasshopper, uh, got to be the biggest challenge for any triathlete. Pike Red, and I want a challenge, so I signed up for 24-hour time trial race this October. The lack of sleep will be okay. It's the meat and potatoes down low that has me a little bit more worried. Tim Swanson's got uh, backyard marathons. Yeah, we saw, saw a few of them in lockdown, didn't yeah. we? I'm like, I don't think I'll be doing one of those uh, anytime soon. Yeah, Alistair Dennis. Oh, good old Alistair Dennis. Yep, good old Dennis. Yeah, what are, oh, we run coach. Yeah. Um, he's got here something like a running man, only instead of convicts, athletes take part. Remember Running Man with Schwarzenegger? Mm. Oh, it's probably really bad, but when I was a kid, that was a great film. <laughs> Did you watch that? 
I think I did, but I can't remember. It was a bit of a time because it was basically a reality show mm. where they killed all the contestants. Mm. Remember? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Weir says Ultraman, maybe. So not a huge amount of uh, ideas in there. I kind of agree with um, Scott Horns, and as we were just mentioning there, I think probably ultra running is probably going to be the the thing that's going to take off a bit more in terms of a, a really hard challenge. I I generally feel the one day challenges is what's going to be more popular. There was, a, there was a moment a few years ago, and this didn't take off, but I thought it might have been the next thing, which was like a, a SEAL weekend. Mm. We had to do basically be treated like a, a Navy SEAL doing their, doing their fitness testing. Mm. And there was this kind of company who were trying to do it. And, and I thought, oh, that's going to, you know, because it was like, it was crazy crap. And I thought that might be the next big thing, but it didn't really seem to take off. I kind of, don't you think with those type of events or whatever you want to call it they're kind of one and done things and, and I kind of feel a little bit the same with like, like the mud the, runs and stuff like that yeah and and the, 5k color runs Ursula and things like that I, I don't know that's just my opinion I'd what's Ursula is that the that's like swim, swim run uh, yeah but you look Breaker. at my, my, um, John uh, Hancock John, he's passionate about he is yeah um, but I think ultra running I think that's something that people We'll keep doing. They'll go right. I'm doing a, an you know, a couple of ultras every year. Whereas some of those other ones, I kind of feel maybe one and done. Um, so yeah, not too many comments. Would here. you do an ultra? Uh, it does interest me. Yes, it does a lot more than doing. Um, I certainly wouldn't be interested in really doing a 24 hour running race just to see how far you could run. If I was going to do an ultra, it would be you know there's, there's so many beautiful scenic ones all over the place. So my only thing is whether I'd do race, young. yeah, whether you, whether I'd race it or not, I don't know. But just to, to to do an ultra, we have one in Christchurch called the the Crater Rim Challenge, um, which basically circumnavigates, not circumnavigates, goes from one end of our Port Hills uh, to the other or Banks Peninsula and. That would be a pretty cool challenge. So yeah, I think ultra running. There you go. But, but yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing new and exciting right now. But hey, ultra running's come along. Hmm. But if we think of the question, there's nothing at the moment. It's, well, yeah, it's everything. That's been the most modern. Or well, has of, of late. Yep. Yeah, but that, it's that takes it out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, John. Well. Next week's question, because we add this new segment to the show, John, and I've been getting emails, 20 emails a day for people I do apologise about that. Give me more, give me more swim sets. And so what John's got here is, you've been hearing about John's swim sets recently. What's your favourite swim set? There you go. There you go. Share love. People lose a bit of, people struggle with swim sets in terms of trying to be creative, so But you should be creative or should you have objectives? Oh yeah, a bit of of, of both, Um, but... uh, a lot of people are struggling getting back into swimming. So if you're one of those people and you're looking at the clock when you're at the pool um, and you're going, I'm really slow, trust me, most people are in the same boat when you first come back into swimming. It is abysmal and it'll just take a bit of time to come back. John, we've got an interview coming up. We have indeed. We're talking to Jeff Krebs about a whole variety of things. Here we go. Here's Jeff Krebs right now. Go. Okay. okay, guys. Um, today's guest is going to... Going to discuss a few different topics. Um, interesting man to have in interesting times, John. Yeah, so we've got Jeff Krebs with us. Uh, he's been to Kona a couple of times, so he's experienced what the Big Island is all about. Uh, he's a medical doctor um, who has recently retired, but he's back in the trenches, um, which we'll discuss uh, as well, um, and also faced nutritional challenges along the way, as many of you guys have as well. So we'll discuss how he's used UCAN and other things to sort of get on top of that and uh, and do extremely well at Iron. Man. So welcome along to the show, Jeff. 
Thanks, John. Thanks, Bevan. Great to be here. So maybe give us a bit of a you know a bit of a background on yourself, just like your your, your one or two minute life life story, maybe up until you got into triathlon. Well, uh, I was a very uncoordinated uh, child. And my parents were uh, very disappointed that I could not follow in their uh, footsteps of being uh, an excellent golfer, tennis player, swimmer. Um, But uh, they enrolled my sister in some figure skating lessons when I was about 10 years old. And I begged to go along with them. They were reluctant to let me do it because they thought I would probably end up breaking a few bones out on the ice. But it turned out that I uh, took to it rather well. And although my sister quit after 10 weeks, I continued on and I became actually a high-level competitive figure skater. Um, I skated through my medical school days and my uh, residency in internal medicine and was training for the U.S. Nationals when I had an accident on the ice and uh, dislocated uh, as well as broke my shoulder. So that took me out of... uh, skating contention and as a result I got into cycling it was something that was um, very natural for me because my legs were in really good shape and I didn't really need um, shoulder strength um, initially Um, at the age of 52 after several years as a cyclist uh, I went for some metabolic studies at uh, an endurance sports lab and one of the tests they did was a bone density and it turns out that I had osteopenia which is the precursor to osteoporosis uh, because I really wasn't doing any weight-bearing exercises so Mm -hmm. my cycling coach at the time hooked me up with several triathletes who would run every Thursday and he said I want you to run with them as a group just to get uh, some weight-bearing on your bones And it was at that time that while we were running, discussions of triathlon emerged, and I was very interested. And so at age 52, I started uh, training for triathlon. So no no swim background in there? What was your swimming like when you first started? Uh, Believe me when I say I had never done any swimming, had not been in a pool for over 35 years, and at that time... (laughs) Uh, the last time I was in a pool was just to stand in the shallow end and to drink um, sodas with friends on a hot day. <laughs> I did not know how to swim at all. I, The day after I decided I wanted to pursue triathlon, I did join the local YMCA and I asked for a um, private swim coach. They tried to get me to take an adult beginner class and... Um, as you'll probably find out, I'm I'm a bit intense at times, and that was just not going to work for me. I needed one-on-one attention. And two months to almost the day of my first swim lesson, I did my first Olympic distance triathlon and had a blast. Nice. The, the swim was um, brutal for me, uh, very slow, but as soon as I got on the bike... I felt like I was slipping into um, my bedroom slippers and sitting in an easy chair, and I just and I didn't even have a tri bike at that time. I used one of my road bikes and um, did very very well, and then um, did 
very well on the run and came in um, not on the podium, but within the top 10 out of several hundred. It was the ITU World um, Championship um, here in San Diego, where I live. And uh, I had a really great time. And that's what really started the whole thing. Maybe just explain to us a bit more about the osteopenia. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm just interested to know, you know, what what caused it? I mean, you've probably got a pretty good idea given your medical background. And and also, is it that common in men? We know that females tend to have a bigger problem with this, but how often do men kind of come up with it? Well, that's a very good question, and it's more common than you think. If you look at some of the Tour de France cyclists, for example, a lot of them, even in their 20s and early 30s, uh, develop osteopenia because our bone density is tied to so many different variables, um, calcium intake, vitamin D, um, uh, hormones, but also getting some stress mm. put on the bones. And yeah. most of the cyclists really don't get enough um, direct stress on the bones, weight-bearing exercise. Um, so uh, it's more common than you think. And... Um, it, it may be, in my opinion, why a lot of these um, professional cyclists, when they go down, now obviously they're going down at very high rates, um, very high speeds, but I think a lot of them break bones because they've got some uh, osteopenia. Mm. And, and so how did you, I mean, other than um, just doing some weight-bearing exercise and obviously getting into triathlon and running. Um, is there any other advice you would give uh, in terms of other things you can do to, to get on top of it? Well, I started taking more calcium in my diet for sure. Um, the calcium-rich or cruciferous vegetables and also dairy products, um, which I hadn't been consuming a lot of. But I really think that the most important thing for me was doing the running and I did some weightlifting in the gym but I think the running really helped and and by the way I have been retested and I've completely reversed the osteopenia I have a completely normal bone density the last time I checked was two weeks ago for example and strength training is important. Obviously, weight-bearing, load-bearing kind of impact exercise helps, but also getting some strength training in does help as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So talk us through your, your Kona experiences. So I know the first time you went was um, uh, doing some fundraising for a charity, so maybe maybe tell us a bit about that. And then, um, yeah, I guess why you want to go into Kona and, and talk us through the whole Kona experience. I really love triathlon from the first moment I did it and very quickly I decided I was going to do a 70.3 and I signed up for my first 70.3 which was in Oceanside in my first year uh, doing triathlon and I had such a great time that I really wanted to do a full distance Ironman. So later that year I actually raced my first Ironman, which was Ironman Arizona. And I I had some nutritional mishaps. Uh, I learned a lot. And it was really from that race that I adopted this philosophy that every race is a learning experience. And 
uh, I'm going to take the lessons, whether good or bad, and carry them forward. Of course, Kona is the um, holy grail of triathlon, and I really wanted to do it. I was still so new to triathlon that I was not delusional enough to think that I was going to qualify uh, anytime soon. And I came across a charity that for a um, bit of fundraising, I could secure a guaranteed spot to Kona. That experience, go ahead. No, you go ahead, you carry on. I was going to say the experience I had in Kona was like none other I had ever, ever had. Uh, from the moment I got there, just the the amazing energy, the amazing fit athletes everywhere, the treatment that the athletes got, even I as a, a charity, non-qualified um, um, athlete, um, just got treated so well. I was really, I felt like a rock star, basically. Mm -hmm. And the whole week was like that. And uh, I really just enjoyed every single moment of it. And when I crossed the finish line, I knew instantly while I was still there at the finish line, listening to Mike Riley um, call me across that I had to do it again. Um, and so I decided at that time that I was going to train harder and uh, really try to try to get there again. And how long did it take to, to get back there? Well, the first time I did Kona was in 2016, and I came very close to um, qualifying in 2017, I believe it was, at Arizona. And so I did take another charity spot for 2018 because mm. I, I'm 60 right now, and... Mm. I didn't know – well, first off, the the guys in my age group are fast. It's amazing <laughs> at how fast these old guys are. And um, in the meantime, I've gotten much, much better as an athlete, and I'm getting very close to uh, qualifying myself. And as a matter of fact, this was going to be my year to qualify for mm. uh, 70.3 Worlds, which was going to be in your neck of the woods in yeah. uh, Topa, New Zealand and then hopefully um, secure a Kona spot again. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I've just seen this upward trajectory, um, especially after I got all my nutritional um, issues ironed out. Well, maybe go a bit into that. So with your nutrition, so 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 before when you did it the first time what kind of level athlete were you you know in comparison to trying to qualify were you far off qualification or were you kind of close where were you within your ability at that stage i would say that um as an ironman triathlete in my age group i was solidly in the middle mm -hmm. i was in the 50 percentile um my run is actually sort of my secret weapon uh, it doesn't matter how much I suffer on the bike. I can always pull out a pretty good run, and that's just gotten better and better. Uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, I would have thought that cycling would have been my 
forte, but it turns out that running really is. Um, I, I did New Zealand 70.3 last year, and I came in seventh, um, which was great. There, I think there were 90-some men in my age group. Um, and it was after that that I really dealt with my nutritional issues in earnest. And since then, um, my other triathlons have been much, much better. Um, there was a 70.3 here in San Diego um, that uh, is a fully sanctioned event, and I uh, placed first in that. Nice. Um, so definitely had seen, if you know, for me, if I could get off the bike and start the run without any um, nutritional issues, I was going to be just fine. So using uh, Generation UCAN for your nutrition, um, how, you know, it, we've interviewed a number of people and myself use it as well, but how do you actually, how have you integrated it into your race plan to make it work in terms of what are you taking as you go through the ride and, and the run and do you mix that in with, with anything else or are you just 100% on UCAN? Well, maybe, actually, maybe first, what was the problem? Yeah, so the problem, actually, my very first 70.3, which was um, in Oceanside, um, I had a complete nutritional meltdown on the run. And believe me when I say that the fastest part of my run was racing between porta potty to porta potty. Um, I got very dehydrated and ended up in hospital later that day with um, uh, what's called ischemic colitis, um, which was not a good thing. And that was the first notion to me that there was a problem with uh, nutrition. And I have tried every sports nutrition product that is out there. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say all of them, pretty much everything that's available in the US and a few things available only in Europe. I, I would write friends and have them send me things. I've researched them all and I'm a scientist. So I took notes on everything and how I felt. And I settled in on something that basically worked okay uh, energy-wise, worked great. But from the gastrointestinal point of view was um, mediocre, but I learned to live with it um, and just knew that uh, hard training days and on race days, um, I was going to have some issues and I just had to figure out how to deal with those issues. Um, Generation UCAN is a sponsor of my local triathlon club and I went to one of my tri-club meetings and we were offered to do what's called a you can challenge where they supply us with uh, enough of the products for a week and the the goal is to completely switch over to only you can for a week and see how we feel and i again as a scientist wanted to make sure that i gave it a good try um so I went completely off everything else. I went on UCAN using their energy product, using their energy uh, 
plus protein using the hydrate product and using the bars for a week and I would not use anything else and I was surprised because I had lots of energy I wasn't expecting that I felt really quite well and I had zero GI upset so the next week I completely went off you can and I went back to my typical sports beverage gels and the old familiar cramps, bloating, other things that we don't need to get into um, came back. <laughs> it's a family so, show. <laughs> yeah. So I um, took the leap and I purchased the full line of the UCAM products. And since I started, I have not looked back. It's been terrific. It has never failed me. I have had my best races ever. Um, I've had my fastest marathon earlier this year, pre-COVID. Um, there was a, a big marathon in Napa Valley, and I bested my previous marathon time by 22 minutes. Wow. And nothing else had changed except that I didn't have to worry about my nutrition, and I wasn't trying to slurp down a gel every 30 minutes uh, everything else. So to answer your question about how I use it, I definitely preload uh, with the you can energy before I race or before I um, train. And I have I think everybody's bodies are different, of course. everybody's metabolism is different. and I figured out with a little experimentation um, what works for me. And before a race, I do take two scoops of the super starch, uh, mix it up in uh, about 10 to 12 ounces of water, and I take that down about 30 to 45 minutes before the race start. Um, UCAN does not have a gel yet, so I went online and read a lot of blogs and saw several YouTube videos, and I started making my own gel where I will take um, a couple scoops of the super starch, um, put it in a very small amount of water, whisk it, and then uh, once it's blended, put it into a refillable gel flask, a soft gel flask, and I carry that so that I can get um, the equivalent of one scoop of you can every hour, pretty much on the hour from the time the race starts. Um, I do, uh, I'm very responsive to caffeine and I do like caffeine when I race. I don't really consume it a whole lot um, when I'm training, so it's not a problem. But you can products do not carry, uh, do not contain caffeine. So um, I have taken uh, caffeine tablets and crushed them up and put them in my UCAN. Uh, and once in a while, uh, I will take a high glycemic uh, gel, um, the Morton gel, that has 100 milligrams of caffeine. And I will consume that uh, for a marathon, for example, halfway through the marath marathon, I'll take that. Not so much for the uh, sugar in it, but for the caffeine. Nice. 
Oh, very good. And we've got to ask you a bit about um, you know, the COVID world that you, we, we live in um, and what it's like to actually be on the front lines. We obviously see so much stuff going on in the media. Um, but what were, you know, you're retired, but then you got the call to go back. So maybe just explain what hospital life is like now compared to what it normally is like and, and anything else you want to share that maybe we don't necessarily see in the media. I retired a year ago last January and was very happy as a full-time triathlete, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. But when COVID started uh, really rearing its head here, uh, especially in California, I got a call from my medical group to ask if I would be willing to come back and work. I, I'm a hospital medicine specialist, so I'm used to taking care of the sickest of the sick in the hospital and in critical care units. So I I had had a wonderful 30-year career with this same medical group, and I would do anything for them. And I definitely um, decided to come back and work and help them out. Uh, initially, it was a little bit scary. There's so much we don't know. And in March, there was a lot that we didn't know. We're learning things every single day. But back in March, when I started working in hospital again, uh, just arriving at the hospital, dressing up in what looks like a space suit uh, that's uncomfortable and hot and having to stay in that all day um, was uncomfortable but also scary. Mm. Now... I'm pretty used to it, so uh, it's just sort of normal now um, to get all dressed up in this um, protective gear. We're definitely seeing uh, waxing and waning of cases, but right now it's waxing, unfortunately. Uh, So I've been asked to work a few more shifts. I was trying to taper down about a month and a half ago, but with the uptick in cases now, I'm, I'm going back. The hard part is once we're completely encased in this protective gear with um, not just one mask, but two face masks. We, we have the tight-fitting N95 masks that everybody hears about, but um, it's not just another surgical mask. It's tight-fitting, so no air can entrain on the sides and then a surgical mask over that to keep the N95 clean and then a a plastic face shield. So once we're in that garb, it's really difficult to take it off, eat a meal, um, drink something to stay hydrated and then put it all back on and we're going from patient to patient to patient um so for full circle back to you can i figured that if you can can give me sustained energy while i'm training and racing that it can also do <laughs> the same while i'm working so i ordered a bunch of the you can bars and the bars are fantastic i can keep them uh, at my desk at work, I can keep them in my uh, lab coat. And when I have a moment, I take one of them. And what I really like is that I don't feel like I'm getting this rush of sugar and then the course 
excuse me, the corresponding um, spike in insulin and then the sugar crash. So it really sort of keeps me level the whole day, which is great because when I'm treating patients, I'm making life and death decisions Mm -hmm. every moment, uh, literally life and death decisions. And I have to be mentally clear and I know what it's like when I have a sugar crash and my head gets foggy and I just, you know, don't feel like I'm on my game and I can't afford that when I'm in hospital. So I have incorporated UCAN into my everyday work life as well. And I use their hydrate electrolyte um, product to hydrate myself when I'm sitting at my desk doing my desk work. Oh, it sounds like it's pretty bloody hard work and, um, yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of people extremely grateful for what you're doing. So um, I don't know, if do, do you do any, um, if people want to follow what you're up to in your travels and, and so on, do you do any sort of social media or anything like that or you keep to yourself? Well, I, I do social media uh, and my social media, my Instagram and my Facebook accounts are almost entirely uh, for my endurance sports activities. Um, I don't um, post much else, but a lot of my friends and family want to keep up on my training and my racing. I do of late post a little bit here and there about COVID-19 because I get a lot of calls, as you can imagine, from friends and family, and I get a lot of text messages asking questions, and they're quite good questions, and so I, I do post a little bit about that. I actually use a pseudonym uh, for my social media accounts because, as a physician, I don't want my patients to uh, friend me because I don't think it's necessarily appropriate for patients to see me in spandex or in a, <laughs> a speedo um, at the pool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So if people want to follow you, what's your what what is your pseudonym? It is um, J J A Y Scott S C O T T. Nice. Awesome. Oh, well, thanks for sharing your stories. There was quite a few different uh, angles we went at there. That was great. So um, all the best for your racing uh, if you get any later on this year. Yeah. Or otherwise, uh, hopefully we'll see you back in Kona at some stage in the next couple of years. I sure hope so. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Right. Awesome. Okay, John, your thoughts? Yeah, it's all good. It's always interested to hear how people um, use UCAN. Uh, really interested to hear about that COVID stuff. God, you'd be shitting yourself every day you're going to work if you're a doctor. Got to be horrible. Um, but good on them for bloody it's a, hanging in there and oh. looking after people. And, uh, and yeah, it's great that Jeff's had those those kind of experiences as well. So hopefully we'll see. Well, I think one there. thing we take away from this is that if you are someone who's had some upsteads, and it's really limited your athletic ability. There are options nowadays, and mm. UCAN's obviously a pretty good option, and the feedback we get from people is pretty great. So, you know, don't just give up on it and think, oh, I'm just this way inclined. Mm. Keep exploring. Obviously, we're saying, you know, Generation UCAN is a pretty good place to go to get it um, or, or to explore because if you can get rid of this... Like, look, at his, look at his marathon performance. Yeah, and especially if you feel like you've got the intensity right. You know, often stomach upsets and so on are a result of people going too hard or you blow up and you've gone too hard. But if you've gone out there and you've really executed uh, really good intensity on the bike and you still have challenges, um, yeah, 
look here. So if you want to get a, a discount, you can get uh, use the promo code IMTALK and you get 15% off. You can go to generationucan.com in the States, um, Smart Performance Nutrition ca in Canada, generationucan.com.au in Australia, and superstarch.co.uk.co.nz in New Zealand, and you get ten percent off at generationucan.co.uk. So check it out. Website oh, of the week. week, and this one is called ZwiftHub.com. It's a great way to click off your routines. Of a filter. Tell me about it, John. So, um, for for non Zwifters or for new Zwifters, I think there's I think I counted this about seventy six different routes on Zwift. So there's uh, a few different worlds, and these are all the different routes. And you can one thing if you do want to stay motivated and just click things off, you can go through and uh, and this website ZwiftHub.com has basically got all the routes listed in there, and you can tick them off when you're done. So if you're you know you're planning your week and you're going right what rides am I going to do this week? You can filter and saying, which routes haven't I done? And you can start clicking them off. So that's one advantage of this website. But the other advantage is, is you can filter on so many different other sort of angles. You go, right, I've got an hour and I want to do a really hilly route. So you can just select sort of hilly routes or how much climbing you want to do or how far you want to ride. So it's basically got all the routes on Zwift. And it's grabbing the data from with from Zwift, bringing yep. it to the so you, API it across and then... And then it's just if... Uh, no, see... So it doesn't grab all the d- information from Zwift and API. It's you've got to manually sort of tick okay. off the ones that you do as okay. you go. So it is a manual entry going, tick, I've done that one. Um, but yeah, if you're going, you know, say it's a rainy day outside and you want to be on the bike, you go, I need to be doing hills. I want to do, say, around about 300 metres of climbing. You can filter that in and go, they'll go, right, this course here, this course here, this course here. So it's just a really quick and easy way to uh, find a route within Zwift that you want to do. Well, one thing I'd like to know is, no, I know this is like, 90% to 10% cycling versus running like how many people are actually using running on this treadmill a lot like cycling it's boom town hmm. not many people have treadmills first of all a lot more than you think do have treadmills yeah but in comparison to bike setups it's totally yeah um, yeah I'm just kind of curious to see how popular the Zwift never really checked it out but yeah. there's, there's, there's a few yeah I have seen it in action but I'm just kind of mm. curious to see exactly how many people are using it it would be good to know that number ok John uh, let's look at winger of the week winger of the week I'm going to say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14 14 well I'm interested with winger of the week this week um for that, we've got some big numbers there. Despite uh, Garmin being, I don't know if oh, Garmin's yeah, back up, back yeah. up yet or not. Uh, but so a lot of people must be doing manual uploads because if you haven't caught up with this, if you're not on Garmin or haven't been following the news, Garmin has got a ransomware uh, attack on them at the moment. And uh, and as of yesterday, I still don't think it was up. So it's recording your runs and stuff. Well, you can record it on your watch, but you, won't it, upload it, to it won't transfer across to your your account. It's causing so, a lot of problems in our world, John. It is. If it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. No. So uh, you choose number 14. Is this from last week? This is last week. So last week. week's only did... Oh, no, they, they got 15 hours. Yeah, we still got some, some good stuff. So Jonathan Blake was last week's Wanger of the Week. He swam 115, biked 15.37 and ran 3 hours and 14 minutes. He's from North Canton in OH, that's, I presume that's Ohio, and he is an Ironman by the look of it because he's got a, a nice finishes medal there. And what else has he been up he's to? He's been a lot of Strava, John. A lot of Strava. Yeah, he's got lots of pictures of Strava Yeah, and his rides. 
And so in the last four weeks, his average distance with running, 51 k's a week. Uh, and let's see what his predicted times are. He's, is there, it might be a little bit more accurate than ours. Uh, marathon 2.55. And why does it give me a predicted marathon time of 4.05? Come on. Oh, <laughs> and then his half marathon predicted time, 1.22. And let's have a look at his cycling stats. His biggest ride is 180.7 kilometres. We assume that must be in an iron distance race. And all up, been 90,000 kilometres. So hopefully by the end of this year, you might click over the big hundy. So nice work, John. Members, John. We need another 50 members. Let's get that 1,000. If you're listening to us, you're not a member, get on there. Just go to strava.com and then you just uh, search for I Am Talk or I Am Talk Podcast and then you can join to, into our group and get yourself in the top 100 and you're in with the, in with a chance. Okay, here we go. Questions Ooh. and answers which starts with John's swim set. Yes, I haven't even written in this. What did we do this morning? So this morning swim, 300 uh, warm-up, two 100 IMs and 100 kick and then we did four 100 bands. Nothing like a bit of band. Four work. 100 bands. Four oh. 100. So if you don't know what I'm talking about with bands, you get um, a band that goes around your ankles, reasonably firm, not not so firm that it's uh, you can't move at all. Um, you can use a bike tube, tie it around twice, and, uh, and it just creates a really good amount of drag, really forces you to work on your catch and uh, not to have any sort of dead spots in your stroke. So four 100s bands, and then we did... 10 100s on 135, 200 sort of drills and recovery in between, then another 10 100s on 135, 200 warm down, and 3.4K. Hard to How'd you go? Um, everyone was uh, battling this morning, so it was uh, people were struggling. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, wasn't was hard, but it was a lot harder than it probably should have been. We've got an email coming through from Joseph Stanford, and he's just doing a survey. He's got here, hey guys, I hope you guys are safe in this current situation. I am studying for a PhD at Nottingham Trent University, alongside holding a full-time coaching position at Nottingham Country Swimming Program. I'm currently researching the role of personality in coach-athlete relationships in triathlon, and would like to invite you guys to take part in this project. So there are three simple steps. Select athletes. Nominate up to five current athletes you're working with to participate in the project. They must follow the following criteria. Uh, They have to have been coached for over six months. They must be 16 years old or over. uh, And they must have a regional standard or above. So they're going to be pretty decent. Second step is to forward this email to your nominated athlete or their parents. If they're athletes you have nominated are over 16 or 17, please forward this to their parents. Uh, and then complete the questionnaire. And the questionnaire is one for an athlete and then one for coaches. So what I've done is I've put a link to this in the IM Talks show notes for episode 729. So click on the show notes, click down to the bottom, you'll see this week's websites, and you'll see the athletes and the coaches one. So thanks for taking the time and effort to support this project. I'm more than happy when you and your athletes have completed the questionnaires to feedback the results. It is an international study and therefore plan to provide participants with global comparisons if requested. So I'm always keen to support people doing some study, especially when it's in our area. So he's really looking at that sort of relationship coach athlete relationship. And uh, yeah, so if you're keen to if you're a coach and you're keen to help out, get involved. Have I got a deal for you, John Newsom? Yes. John's selling some bikes. Got a couple of bikes on sale. So if you're in New Zealand, listen up. Got two bikes. Trade me? Are they on trade me? Not yet, no. Are you going to do trade me? Um, it's not cheap. What do they cost you to charge your bike? I haven't looked yet, so I, I will, I'll be posting it on my social media probably today. So I've got my good old trusty Sipo, which I rode uh, in in 
wrote and definitely done a couple was of cones, white 70 point threes. Yeah, white one. The, the thing over the wheel. Yeah, it's, I mean, a, yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good solid bike. Harold. It's gone fast. Uh, oh, it's gone it faster. Like, there you go. Yeah, I think twenty fifteen. I think it was yep. twenty fifteen. Okay. I got that. So hasn't been ridden uh, into the ground at all. And then I've also got my one year old cube <gasps> road bike, Flash. which it's is a beast. Bike. I'm uh, really happy with that, but I'm hopefully going to be upgrading. So I've got to sell this one to upgrade to the, the next one. Uh, but that bike has uh, done me extremely well. Only had a, a year of riding in it. It's got uh, DI2 on it, nice and lightweight. And it's basically going for half retail price. And it's only got one year on uh, Are you putting prices on it? On it or are you yeah. just saying, offer me your best? Well, for the Cube, I'm putting a price on it. The, what's, uh, the pr- what's the price in? 3200 And retail is 5900 Jeez, man, you're a good man. 5999 5999 yes. So basically half price for only a year of riding. So if you need a bike, get on it. Email, email don't email me. What's your, what's your email address? Uh, CoachJohnNewsome at gmail.com. If you want a bike, you can get one or the other. You'll buy two bikes. Two. Would you give them a you're discount getting, if they got two? Yes, I would. Okay, there you go. You're not getting two for one. <laughs> oh, you're not getting two for one. <laughs> Okay, John, let's, uh, let's look at some of our patrons. We're going to say, first of all, John, let's say a big thank you to the patrons who helped out at the race over the weekend at JD Triathlon. So it's always good when I get uh, people coming and help out, especially people that listen to the show. So Kevin the Assassin Hunt, he was uh, he was hunting people down in transition area. Uh, and then John the Falcon Fredrickson, he came down and helped out with Pack. Pack, pack down and a few other listeners that were out there Paul Howes Lee Davidson Marie Hill and Sarah Helmore and if there was any others that actually listen um, it's not that I don't appreciate your help I don't realise that you actually listen so thank you very much for your help at the weekend yeah you guys are great because sport our sport needs people like you so um, you're special people John now we've got a new patron Gavin Duffy Gavin Duffy's from Ireland uh, back listening and loving the pod again uh, incredible that you've kept it going so long and still so good hope you uh, fair play to you and Bev. And I thought Gavin Duffy, I thought, I always just think Duff as in Duff Bear. So from I've, The Simpsons? From The Simpsons. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's the line of thought I went down to, John. So I've gone The Big Brew. And why The Big Oh, yeah, because it's big beer. Beer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Happy with that? The Big Brew. Yeah, I Gavin like that. Gavin Duffy. Yep, I like it. Great. The Big Brew. I'm just looking. They've got nicknames for Duff Beer on this website here. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at that. Duff Stout, the beer that made Ireland famous. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, the big brew. The big brew. Or the big stout. A stout, an Irish thing. Um, I think it's more of a British English thing, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know I think. about alcohol. Jeez, John, you put some more stuff in here. Okay, John, uh, sponsors. And we've got Generation You Can. Remember, you can use the discount code I Am Talk Podcast. No, just I Am Talk discount code at, at, at the checkout for. Yes, yes, yes. I Am Talk. I Am Talk, yep. At 10% off, uh, 15% off in some places, 10% off in others. And John mentioned all the websites before GenerationYouCan.com for the US, SmartPerformanceNutrition.ca for Canada, Australia's GenerationYouCan.com.au, uh, New Zealand is Superstarch.com. Co.nz and in the UK where you get 10% off is generationyoucan.co.uk. If you want to get show email to you, go to www.imtalk.me. Also, you can become a patron there. Think it all that. I was just doing the show notes this morning. I was thinking, it's so cool people support us. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're a patron of the show, A, if you're not, be cool if you can. But if you are, just a big thank you because it's so cool that you give us a bit of your hard earned money, support 
you know, just a bit of entertainment in your week. Really, really, really appreciate your support. So well done to all the patrons. Uh, coaching, uh, coachjohnnewston.com. Still need, has got spots? Yeah, still got a couple of spots. Okay, get, go, go check out John. Uh, I've just done release my latest podcast yesterday, so you can check that out at bevanjamesowers.com. Other cool content, such as Ace Group of the Week, cool websites, and other feedback, Podcast at gmail.com. John, you goss. Well, I'm looking out your window today, just contemplating. I do need to do a bike ride, and I think it's going to be an indoor one. Oh, it's, it's not that bad. Oh, come on. You can't, you know, you it's see just about misty. 100 metres. It is cold. I'll yeah, give you that. It is I, cold today. I am becoming a much more of a fair weather trainer. That being said, I got out for a mountain bike ride on Sunday, which was uh, Where'd you fantastic. Go? Um, oh, I had to, it was post race and it was late afternoon on Sunday. Oh. And I started in a place called Sumner and went through the hills. And I. Where did you ride up? Did you uh, got in the mountain bike Cap- track? Captain Thomas. Oh, and yeah. then, uh, is that easy the, enough to ride? Uh, there's places you've got to get off your bike. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit twisty, sure. isn't it? But, but there's certainly you can ride the majority of it. And then did another trail and. Um, yeah, my inadequacies on the mountain bike were highlighted mm. yet again. Uh, you really do lose your mountain biking skills if you don't do much riding. So okay. bike fit, I'm reasonably bike fit at the moment, but I haven't really been doing much mountain biking. Uh, so that was Sunday. Went out for a bit of a boozy dinner on Friday. Oh, so back it up. Good. Uh, what was that made of? Salad door, and which is in the art centre in Christchurch, which has been refurbished. Highly recommend was, or just recommend? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good, really solid. What did you drop? Uh, like how much it cost you? Well, we've got friends in the right place. Uh, it's not what you know. <laughs> it's not what you know. And outside of that, Bevan, uh, just chucking along with life. How about you? Saw the Philinator the other day. The what? The oh, Philinator. Yep. I went out for a run Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran the mountain bike park on Sunday. I love that run. Have you done that much? No. Oh, you'll love it. Mm-hmm. It's a good to run. What you can do is you can do the run up and catch the thing down. Mm-hmm. And it's not much. It's about a 40-minute run. Mm-hmm. Um there's a part halfway through it, I reckon it has the best view of Christchurch. All right. So you go up and it's kind of, first half of it's kind of windy. It's not that tough. So there's a mountain bike park that's just off the left of Bevan's place. Yeah. So from me, from to run from home, go down and then run up and come home, it was an hour 25. Nice. So, but the first half, and then there's a bit where you just come out like a tabletop flat bit. And seriously, it's just the widest view you're going to see of Christchurch. It's mm. absolutely stunning. And then the second half is really steep. So you've got some good little... Think of like um, Kennedy's Bush, where you've got those little steep climbers. Everybody, everywhere around the world is thinking of Kennedy's uh, Bush yeah, right yeah, now. People are loving Kennedy's Bush. Yeah. Um, and then you come up top and then... Oh, they're putting a crane up, next door, Bevan. Yeah, they're putting up the, the, uh, the framing. Yeah. Yes, yes, I did that run. But I saw the Finland. I was running up to Harry O on Saturday afternoon. Just like Saturday afternoon run. Finland was flying down the hill. Really, Phil running? It's uh, no, 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 on the bike, on the bike. Yeah, Phil on the road on the bike. Yeah, that is odd. Oh, really? Does yeah. there not road bike much nowadays? No, no, oh, I don't put that on. Yeah. yeah. And then, other than that, John, the rugby, the Wellingtonians beat us in the rugby. <sighs> yep. And Bournemouth got relegated in the the EPL and the football. Do you like Bournemouth? Yep, it's Tom's team, red and black stripes. Was oh, it because of Canterbury? No, I just happened to f- come across them. So that was disappointing. You saw the, I saw on the news Eston Villa stayed up. Yeah. And they were pretty happy. Mm. Yeah. Other than that, then... Oh, I'm writing my new Warriors book. lost again. <laughs> you know what? They put up a fight. Okay. They played one of the best teams in the league. Mm. They didn't get their down shroud. Mm. You know, they lost for a few points. It was actually not a bad game. Um, writing my new book. John, have I told you about my new book? I'm far away. Well, I'm writing a book. Uh, no, I won't tell you about it yet because I won't promote it until it's been written. Designed for total non-exercises, but I'm pretty excited about it. I'm about, I've written uh, about six chapters 
of um, probably about 12 chapters, seven, maybe 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so I'm getting away. I like writing. If you write. I do not. I don't like writing. Mm. Well, I, just every Sunday afternoon, I'd go to my computer and laptop and I sit where you're sitting. I get mm. the mic now. I just, yeah, just it's, it's still I'm here from, from the previous week, hopefully. Pretend I'm you. And then I write for a couple hours. So that's, kind of, that's probably a thing in my life right now. And then other than that, John, oh, actually, well, I might be selling a house. Around the corner from me, yep. wish you'd moved back there. It was what is it? Twenty-two seconds was my record from my door yep. to your door. So, so John's selling a bike. I might be promoting a house in a couple of weeks from yeah. now. My old, my old the house that I lived in before I moved in with Joe. We kept it once when we moved in together, and it, we're, we're, we're thinking about selling it right now. The market seems a bit crazy, and I think it's going to crash in a moment. So it's like right. now's the time to sell. So, um, so yeah. So if you want a house in Christchurch, <laughs> email twenty-two me. seconds from my place. Yeah, twenty. You can hang out with John a lot. Yeah. Uh, there you go. That's about it, John. Let's wrap it up. Iron Rust. I'm in. Train hard. Train smart. Kia